0: You know, within the church family, as much as we celebrate the great days like Michaela's appointment, there, we also, as a church family, celebrate other things as well. Like I know there's been some milestone birthdays in the life of the church in recent times. Warren Schweitzer had a milestone birthday just a couple of weeks ago. Clay, Clive Hay had a milestone birthday recently as well. My next birthday is a milestone birthday of sorts because now I enter into a whole new world. Now, to mark that occasion, um, just this week, Edwina received an email from an organisation, and it is an email about me. And this is a, s- a screenshot of it. Let me read it to you in case you can't see it. It says Hi, Edwina, there's no way to know what's around the corner, and sometimes even the simplest tasks can take a surprising turn. From a walk in the park to routine chores around the home, all it takes is a distraction or an uneven surface for an accident to happen. Now your partner is turning 55... We're letting you know we're here with personal accident insurance, which provides cover for specified injuries that are the result of an accident. It's flexible, giving you cash to help with those extra costs on their road to recovery, like mortgage repayments, groceries, transport, meals, cleaners, shopping and visits to the doctor. Now, it went on and on from that. You should have seen the photos that attached to this email. It wasn't flattering. It was not encouraging. So welcome to 55, Troy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ed, because of this email, Edwin is now really wondering, maybe i really got to get protection cover for Troy. <laughs> is that what my life has now become? Is that who I now am? meeting this special insurance coverage because of my age. This is so different from who I used to be. And that actually coincides with the title of the series that we're going for at the moment called Used to Be. Now, in case you weren't with us last week, we spoke about what we are to do with the person that we now are because of the God's transforming work in our lives, because of the work of Jesus in our lives, we are someone very different now. When God transforms us from the person that we used to be to the God to the person that God wants us to be, it is for a purpose. God's transforming work in your life is for a purpose. Your used-to-be story is to be for God and for God's purposes to allow others to also have a transformational experience like you have had yourself. So if we will let the Holy Spirit do so, God will transform us in the most incredible ways. You can be radically different because of Jesus than the person that you used to be. Now, whenever I stand before the bathroom mirror and gaze into my eyes, not lovingly, <laughs> but look into my eyes and the looking in before the bathroom mirror like I spoke about last week. I see a number of things in who I am. And I can't help but notice the person that I used to be because of Jesus' work in my life. Thankfully and praise be to God that I am so very different compared to the way that I used to be. But here's the very sobering reality whenever I look at myself in the mirror. is that despite all the miraculous work that Jesus has done in my life, despite all the miraculous work that Jesus may have done in many of your lives. Despite all of that transformational work, none of us are any younger. When God does a transformational work in our lives, he doesn't do a Benjamin Button type thing. He uses our age. He doesn't change the age that we are or the age that we feel. And so whenever we look in the bathroom mirror, we are confronted with the impact of ageing. And we are confronted with the reality of who we are now compared to the person we used to be. Now, for some of us, When we look in the mirror, we might actually think, I actually am better than I used to be. Your discipline and hard work has paid off. That surgery that you have had to take away the pain of the condition that you've been suffering under, that's now helped you so much. So for some of us, when we look in the mirror, we may think, I actually am better than I used to be. Praise God for that. But you're still not any younger. The effects of aging is still there, regardless of how old you are. Now, in his incredible book, Outlive, which is the science of longevity, Dr. Peter Adia talks about how we can, in fact, live better as we live longer. And how in living longer we can live longer by living better. Now, in one particular interesting chapter, he included a very sobering graph, and I hope you can see it here. I know that you can't see it overly well, but what this graph shows, it shows how much our fitness levels decline as we get older. Now, when we're at 25, we all had a certain fitness level. Some of us had a very, we were above average. We had a really high fitness level. For some of us, we had average fitness. For others of us at 25, we had a low fitness. And these three lines here, Show us what happens to those fitness levels as we get older. And you can see there that it's not overly encouraging. That our fitness drops right away as we get older. Now, where it is sort of encouraging, knowing it's not just you. You may be feeling that. I'm not as fit as I used to be when I was 25. That happens to all of us. This is not news To us, We know that we simply cannot do the things that we used to be able to do. Now, I wonder if you can relate to the experience that I'm having more and more. I have it when I'm out in the surf, and I also have it on land as well. I'm now doing what I like to call exercise, and um, I'm out doing that. I, I walk a little bit. I do a little jog. I walk a little bit. And then someone just flies past me. They're just jogging. They've got the style and everything like that. And they just run straight past me. They leave me in, in their wake. See, I thought I was doing good. When it's just me, I thought I was doing good. But then until someone else runs past me. And when I look at the back of this very rude person, I can't help but think, I used to be like that. I used to be able to do that. Now, for some of us, we haven't thought that when someone run past you in years. But you have thought about it when somebody's walked past you at a quicker pace than what you've gone at. And whenever someone's walked past you at a quicker pace that you're walking at, you may have also think, I used to be able to do that. But I wonder how many of us at the same time also think, I wish I could do that. Not only do we think, I used to be able to do that, we also think, I wish I could be able to do that. Or I wish I could be able to do that again. Here's something for you to think about. Regardless of how you are now, compared to the way that you used to be, if you are still out there, you are an inspiration to somebody else. Because somebody else will wish that they are like you today. Now, you may not be happy with who you are today compared to the way you used to be, but somebody else will wish that they were like you, how you are. So as they keep going, as they keep trying, they see you and that's, that's the encouragement I need for me to keep going. You see... What is truly inspirational for us these days, if we're honest, is not the 20-year-old who epitomises fitness and youth, even faith. It's the person who's just a little bit further on from us. So I don't get inspiration from the 20-year-old who just bounds past me. I get inspiration from the 40-year-old who's running just a little bit quicker than what I'm going at. I think I can do that. I can run at that type of pace as long as I don't do a hammy, I'm fine. I'm going to run a little bit faster, maybe a little bit like that. So it it actually encourages me just a little bit more. I don't think about the 20-year-old anymore. I'm thinking about the 40-year-old. So what this means is this. You could be the goal right now for somebody else. Where you are right now could be someone's aspirational point. Have you even thought about that before? You may be thinking, I'm not how I used to be. But where you are today, somebody else will wish that they were where you are. Have you even entertained the thought that you could be an inspiration to somebody else from where you are right now? Never underestimate still the significance of where you are, who you are, and the inspiration you can provide somebody else, even though you're not Now, like you used to be. But actually, let's just take this a little bit deeper. In the Old Testament, God said to the prophet Jeremiah some profound words which the vast majority of humanity simply overlooks. Do not want to engage with the reality of these words. Knowing the human condition only too well, God says these words to the prophet. He says, The heart is decep- deceitful above all things and is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? Now, I would imagine that all of us here today would like to think that our heart is pure and that our tensions are always honourable. Well, if they're not honourable, then at least they're justifiable. How many times is it true when you've heard somebody say, I'm just following my heart? The situation has turned absolutely pear-shaped for them. It's turned horrible for them. And they say, I was just following my heart. How can we trust our heart when it can lead us so astray? See, for the vast majority of us here this morning and maybe for some of us online, in our hearts, we will say we are convinced that we are committed to doing what God wants us to do. We think that in our hearts. But in reality, the secret motives of our heart is actually to be comfortable At the expense of everything else. I wonder how many of us, if you had a look at the sins that we commit, is actually a reflection of our desire to be comfortable above everything else. Now, can I reassure you that God's purpose for you, God's transformational work in your life is not to make you comfortable. But what we find is as we get older, we crave comfort more and more because we're feeling the effects of age more and more. The gravitational pull towards comfort is so strong. Now, when I look into my eyes when I'm standing in before the bathroom mirror and I can see some of the things, the way that God has made me do miraculously different. I still can't escape the, seeing the person who used to be a lot more daring and a lot less scared. 25 years ago, if God said, Troy, I want you to go to Africa and live under a tree, I'll be there tomorrow. But the sobering reality about me is is that although I try to convince myself that I'm all in for God, my heart's desire for comfort, not God's plans, but for comfort, dictates so much of my actions. As I get older, the comfort for my changing body seems to be coming more and more important. Now, is this just me, or do you know, do you know this yourself? That as you get older, the need for your comfort is just getting more and more. And you don't need to be over 50 to know what I'm talking about here. The gravitational pull, the hold of comfort can be just as strong in a 30-year-old as it is for someone who's 60, 70 or 80. All of us are pulled towards living a life that above everything else is comfortable. So here's the thing our heart's deception around what we think is the true priority in life. In our hearts, we think that we're ultimately living for God, but our true priority, the secret motives of our heart, is actually to be comfortable above everything else. And because of that, we don't actually want God's plans. Because what we truly want Is not God's plans. What we want is comfort. And because we don't want God's plans, we won't even consider God's plans. And if we won't even consider God's plans, then we won't even try for God's plans. We look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I may have been open to those things before, but not now. That's how I used to be. How many of us look in the mirror and say, I am just acting my age. You know, you may not be like you used to be, but that does not mean you are not useful anymore. When it comes to God's kingdom, when is acting your age ever, ever, a legitimate reason for God not to use you? Now, you know the biblical example I'm going to refer to here, don't you? You know where we're going with this. But let's look at it anyway. Let's look at it anyway from the perspective of acting our age. First book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 17. This is how the story goes. When Abram was 99 years old, there you go, when Abram Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will, be, and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I've made you the father of many nations. I'll make you very fruitful. I will make your nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call a Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. And Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Man. Now, Abraham's question here is not really a question. It's more of a statement. He was saying, we used to be the right age. We used to be at the right stage to become parents, but not now. Are you going to do this, God, at the age of 90, when we're in our 90s? And God answered Abraham's question with an exclamation mark and he answered it for every single person thereafter and he answered it with the birth of Isaac, Abraham and Sarah's son. Can you imagine becoming first-time parents at the age of 100? (laughs) For some of us, you know how tiring it is after looking after the grandkids for one day. (laughs) Let me check them up. you know how tired you get just looking after the grandkids for one day. People in the thirties and forties who have boundless more energy than a lot of us here today—they are perpetually exhausted in looking after their kids. So imagine starting the parenting journey at the age of one hundred. We go. No way. Who would want that? Remember what I said earlier? Because we don't want it, we won't even consider it. If we won't consider it, we won't even try. You may not be like you used to be. But with who you are now, with who you are today, if God lays something on your heart, if God orchestrates a situation, brings an invitation, an opportunity across your path, Are you going to be like Abraham and just laugh it it off and reject it outright? Maybe there was a time when you would consider it. Maybe there was a time when you'd even welcome what God asked of you, but not now. That's how I used to be. That's not who I am today. See, here's a big lesson for us from the story of Abraham and Sarah. Don't follow your heart, follow your faith. Don't follow your heart, follow your faith. Nine times out of ten, your heart will lead you towards doing the things that make you feel comfortable. Let me tell you how this plays out for me in a kind of way. Tomorrow I'm taking a couple of days leave to head down to Urban Surf Surf Park in Melbourne near Tullamarine Airport. And... It's a fantastic place. The the waves there are produced by machine, which means you're guaranteed of having um, awesome waves all the time. Now, I went there last year, and here's a photo of me there at at, at that. And um, even though I've been there last year and I know what to expect, I'm really nervous about tomorrow. Now, I'm not nervous about the waves. I'm nervous about how I'm going to be considering how much I know my body is slowing down. Because I'm nervous because what happens if I embarrass myself? Because I know how I used to be. You see, here's, here's the thing. If I let fear of embarrassment tell me, don't go, Troy, it's, that's actually me running towards comfort. In fact, for any of us, whenever we let our fear of embarrassment or we let our fear of others seeing what I can no longer do anymore, whenever we let that fear dictate our actions, it is actually an indication of us running towards comfort more than anything else. Now, I know that the day is going to come when I can't go to urban surf anymore. I hope that day's a long way off. But the day will come when I can't go there anymore and I'll have to enjoy the wave some other way. But until that time, I have to fight against the fear which, try, which continually tries to get me to head towards being comfortable. And the way that the the majority of us give into our fear is by deciding to be comfortable. That's how we give into our fears, nine times out of ten. We decide to be comfortable more than anything else. But here's the thing. Your comfort is not God's highest priority for you. But the reality is our society is wiring every single one of us to above everything else to be comfortable. Financial experts continually tell us about how much superannuation we are to have to have what type of retirement. Comfortable retirement. Everything. We're getting pressured all the time about making sure that our life will be comfortable. But when Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me, Jesus is directly addressing our preoccupation with life being comfortable. Instead, Jesus is saying, following him means denying ourselves of that which will make us comfortable and instead walking in faith, following Jesus in faith to the plans that he has for each of us. So don't follow your heart, follow your faith, because your heart is deceptive above all things. Follow your faith. It was following the faith that led Abraham and Sarah to become the people that God wanted them to be, to do what God wanted them to do. Even at the ripe old age of 100, they followed their faith, not their hearts. See, faith in God says that I know I'm not like I used to be, who I am today. God wants to use me. God can use me. I mean, if he can use Abraham and Sarah at 100, then he can use me also today as well. I am not the person who I used to be. I may not be able to physically do all that I used to be able to do, but I can still do this. I can still do something. Follow your faith in God's purposes for your life. What is your faith in God telling you about what is still possible with the time that you have left? What is your faith in God telling you about what you are to consider of his plans for your life? What is your faith in God wanting you to try? Now, a lot of what I've spoken about today is centered around the, the, the topic of age, but it also Equally applies to life stage. You know, I used to be a young adult, some of us might say. I used to be a young adult, carefree. Remember when we were young adults in our 20s and stuff like that? No cares in the world. the, The world is my oyster, I could do anything. I used to be a young adult, but now I'm a young parent and the kids are so demanding. I used to be married, but now I'm divorced. Or I'm widowed. And I'm not sure who I am anymore because my whole life was tied up with the things about my marriage. I used to be an empty nester and enjoying that stage of life, but now my parents are getting so much older, I'm now needing to look after them more and more. I used to have a job that was close by. But now I've got a new job and I'm commuting a whole lot more. There's so much more demands on me now. The used to be issue still remains. It's not necessarily an age thing. It's a life stage thing as well. As I mentioned before, you may not be like you used to be, but that does not mean that you can't be useful anymore. It's being prepared for the who that you are today still to be used for the purposes of God. You are not like you used to be. But who are you still today to be used by God? Physically can't do something anymore? Can't do the physical things that you used to be able to do? Then what can you do? Maybe you can't do set up. But I can write words and cards of encouragement. I can be involved in prayer ministry. Don't have the kids around anymore and you miss that interaction with the young ones, having that influence, join kids' ministry. Don't have the time you used to? Well, what time do you have? Got more time on your hands, more money than you really need? Then ask the God to guide you into new opportunities, new seasons for him to be able to use you. You see, things change in us. And things change for us. Those changes are often inevitable and usually irreversible. Even though you're not like you used to be, who are you today for you just to still be used for the purposes of God? See, your transformation, God's work in your life is for a purpose, your life is for a purpose. And who you used to be at one time is no limitation on what God can use you for now. Age and capability and situation is no restriction on God. But our tendency is, isn't it, that we like to act our age. We like to act the age of God. We feel. Now some of us, maybe a fair few of us, we really lament in the true word, true sense of the word. We really lament and miss who we used to be. Considering how much time has changed us. But remember, the windscreen of a car is wide and big for you to see the road which you are still to travel on. Your rear vision mirror, your side mirrors are small for you to see where you used to be. The car that you are travelling in, your body, may not be straight off the showroom anymore. But whatever car that you occupy, the windscreen is there, large and wide, to see the road that you are still to walk down, to drive down, to head towards. Who you used to be, compared to the way that you are now, is no restriction for God using you yet. May it be that we don't act our age, or act the age that we feel. But may it be that we follow our faith, not our heart, because our hearts can be deceptive above all things. Even in our hearts we convince, yeah, I'm I'm one I'm living for what God wants me to do. Or you can tell if you if that's true or not, by the way that you gravitate towards comfort compared to the plans of God. And this is a big deal because next week we're going to be talking about the issue of adventure, the spirit of vision. And all of our ability to fulfill God's plans for us as a church comes down to the way that you, how you see yourself today compared to the way that you used to be. Now, for some of us here today, God has really been speaking into our hearts because we've been living lives where we've simply been watching the, the, the rearview mirror. We've been living lives just watching the rearview mirror because we hate who we are today. But maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart today saying that you are not done. I've got plans for you yet with who you are today. Yes, you're different than what you used to be. But I can use you. You've just got to follow your faith in me and we can do great things. That's you today. Then in a couple of moments, we're going to be up the back. We'd love to pray with you about that. Myself and, and John um, we will we'll be there. And uh, we would love to pray with you about that. So please come out and seek prayer. If, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart today about any of this. Will you join me in prayer? Lord God, I give you thanks and praise for every single person here, Lord God, because you have a plan for their lives. You have a purpose for the transformational work that you have done in each of them. And Lord, maybe some of us here today, we've never opened up our heart to you, Lord Jesus, to begin that transformational work. And we know that we, we need and want to be different through your work in our lives, Lord God, that I pray, Lord God, that we may come to you today. Humbly, desiring who you are to make us different, to make us the people that you want us to be for the work of your Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus. But for those of us here, Lord God, who have already accepted you, Lord Jesus, and continue to encourage us about who we are today and the role that we can still play in your purposes into this world, age and, and, and capability and situation is no restriction for you. Lord, help us to follow our faith in who you are and our faith in your plans for us, not the deceptive nature of our hearts that always leads us towards being comfortable. Lord, I pray that for every single person here today. I pray that for me today. That in our heart of hearts, we do want to do what you want for our lives above everything else. That is our true priority. Lord, I pray more than anything else, That here in this church, we are people who follow our faith in you, not our heart towards comfort. We thank you for who we used to be. We thank you for who we are today. Use us, Lord God, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.